As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Zippel Jr. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. This is episode 150. My team wanted to ensure I shared that with you. It's certainly super exciting from our perspective to be with you for over 150 episodes, continuing to have our audience grow, continuing to have our audience not just grow literally, but also or physically in terms of numbers, but literally in terms of your leadership growth. So we're super excited that you're here with us today. I have the distinct pleasure of being with Angie Redman, president of Strive HR, best workplaces strategist, HR mentor, and mastermind facilitator. Angie, thank you so much for joining us in the studio today. Thank you for having me and congratulations on 150 episodes. Thank you so much. It it only seems logical that this episode would be focused on best workplaces, best companies, top places to work, because that's what a lot of people strive to do inside of their organizations in terms of giving affirmation to their culture and to their leadership, and most importantly, to their people. So I'm super excited to be with you today to have you help us unpack many of the things that we need to know as leaders as we look at all of these various things that we can do to promote our brands and really highlight our people practices, right? So many of us want to build great places to work and be able to highlight, recognize, acknowledge the fact that we're doing so. So Angie, share with me a little bit as you got into this specific work of best companies, best workplaces, helping companies go through this process Why did you feel that was so important? And what did you learn in your past experiences that made you want to click into this work? Well, in my previous corporate role, a big part of my responsibility was a heavy focus on the strategic efforts with corporate culture and employee engagement. And through that, I championed our efforts to apply for awards such as Best Places to Work and a handful of others. So I was able to to dig deep and step back and look pretty wide over what all was involved in applying to get the distinction, learning from that process. And it was just an evolution. We we went through this for several years, but I got to be a part of going through what you learn when you apply, putting that into practice, learning from those actions, and it's a continuous cycle. And I loved the impact that it had on our corporate culture. I love the opportunity to impact our employer branding through this process. It was especially rewarding to see the employees get so excited and energized through this process. And for me personally, that's definitely what kept me going. My role did obviously have other responsibilities, but this is the part that truly brought me joy. And for personal reasons, I needed a little bit more flexibility in my schedule. And I thought, well, if I'm going to make a change, I'm going to do something that I really love and something I really want to focus my time on. So I decided to take my knowledge and experience and go out and help other organizations who would like to go through the same journey. As you look at organizations who are thinking about going on the journey, 
where do organizations need to start as they evaluate these type of awards? I know there can be a lot of fear of missing out from employers that aren't doing it. And some just quite frankly decide not to based on some of the organizations who go through the process in their region that they're like, you know, there may not be a great place to work and they're going through. So just how do people start? What questions do you ask them? What questions do they need to ask themselves to ensure they're doing this for the right reasons? Well, there are three distinct items. And the first one is, is really focusing on defining and understanding your why. Why, why as an organization do you want to do this? For example, are you looking for distinction within your industry that you want to be known nationwide as an expert within your industry? Are you looking more for a local recognition as being recognized as the place people want to go work at? So when you figure out what your why is, that really helps you decide if you want to do this process, if you're really all in, and which process you may want to go through. And then the second step is an acceptance of the journey. And what what I mean by the acceptance of the journey is you're going to find out good things and you're going to find out some things that are not so good through this process. So you need to be ready to take it all in, the good and the bad. And part of that process too is accepting the fact that it's not just about earning a trophy. If organizations, and I have had some tell me this, that it's more just the distinction. They just want to go check the box, make sure they got the trophy and move on. And I've told them I don't think they're ready to go through this because it's a lot of work. And what joy you get out of this process is so much more than the trophy. So let's really focus on what that is. And the third thing is the commitment to the work. So when you go through this, I mean, if it was super easy, everybody would be applying to do it, right? So you need to really be, be willing to accept the commitment that this process is going to take. So it's helpful to make sure you have dedicated resources. This does not just sit in HR. And some of the organizations I've talked to do not even have an HR department. So you really need to have dedicated resources to focus on all the steps of what's involved in this. And a lot of times that's where I can help a company too. The commitment to the findings. When you get the data back, you need to commit to sharing that back with your employees and embracing the continuous improvement process. So there's a lot of steps that are involved. But as far as what's the most important and where does it start, it really hones in on defining your why. So individuals who get the data back, right? The compilation of all of their employees, providing insights, providing comments. So qualitative and quantitative data and feedback. Let's say they get that for the first time, or let's say this is the first time they've ever really said, you know what, Angie Redmond on the Talent Magnet Institute podcast, that should I, as the CEO, should be looking at this data and not just saying, check the box, right? That there's insights in that. So someone says, you know what? I've always thought marketing did this. I always thought we did this to get an award. There's actually data there. What do I need to learn? What type of insights? How should I be looking at that data to really maximize our employee experiences and our organization's health and success? Look at it all. And do not make assumptions just based on one piece of criteria that you see in that. So for example, you will get the data back and often it's broke down into sections. And when you get those sections and you see one area in which you've scored very well, you see one area in which you see some areas for improvement, you need to kind of take a look at all of it as one whole picture. Most of these are also going to give you back open-ended comments. 
So yes, CEO, yes, VP of HR, whomever it is that's looking over that data, take a look at all of it. If by any chance you've done something similar to this in the past, take a look at your data that you had there for comparison. When you get those open-ended comments, take a look at those open-ended comments and see if you can tie those back to the other questions that were in the survey. It's definitely a big picture approach that you need to take a look at before moving forward. Excellent. Excellent. And as you think through putting the team together, you mentioned earlier, this isn't just an HR function. This isn't just a marketing functional responsibility. This is an organizational responsibility. Do you recommend organizations literally create a team that says, here are the four people that are going to lead this effort? Or how do I go about that, putting the right team together that will help us stay informed and navigate through this process from beginning to feedback to end? Well, certainly in a perfect world, absolutely, there would be a team and people from all different areas within the organization. So if you have one person who is maybe championing the effort, who is responsible for the logistics, if you will, so they're kind of quarterbacking everything that's involved. They're pulling in marketing. How do we make sure the messaging gets out appropriate to our customers? They're pulling in other people within the company. Okay, so you're over the operations side of our organization. Based on the data that we're finding, what's going on in the operations team right now? Help me understand why this survey data looks like it does. So it is very helpful if you can pull a team together. It's also very important to have that support from the leadership so that when the leadership is speaking to the employees, hopefully before this even starts, they're saying, it is important to us as a company to get your feedback and mean it and say it in a genuine format. Keep up with the communication from all levels. So you may have HR or the C-suite kicking it off, but then you have other people who are on that project team, if you will, or other champions throughout the organization reminding everyone, let's do this because this is why it's important to us as a company. So sure, the more people you can get involved, the better. And then tying this back, tying the data back. So people-related data, direct voice of your team Uh, VOT is what we call it uh, on our team, kind of keeping track of how, what's the pulse? What are people sharing? How do I take that data and connect it to my business strategy? How do I link these two objectives together? Because I know you and I have talked before, this absolutely has to be tied. People strategy enables, empowers, and fuels business strategy. And this is a key driver to identify are people engaged? Do they value being here? What can we do to make this organization support them even further? How do I align and connect these two strategies? That's the key word right there is align, is making sure that when you get the data back from these, often you're going to get recommendations back from these survey administrators. They might say, these are the areas in which your organization could possibly use some improvements. And you know that once you get that, you also hopefully at this point, know what your corporate goals are and you know what you what your corporate values are. So how do you take these areas in which we're working on and we know that these are our corporate goals, what connections do we see to these? And if we are going to set goals, which you should based on those findings, let's make sure those link back up to the direction in which our business is going. And if you find some that aren't, that doesn't mean don't ever work on those. That might just mean that We're going to work on it, but right now these things are really tying to some corporate initiatives and corporate goals 
and areas in which we've decided as an organization, we value these items. So we're going to focus on this right now. We're going to get a good handle on that and then tie back in the other things. But the more you can connect all of those, the better there's a purpose and a and behind supporting those initiatives when you can make that connection. Yeah. So what about the difficult, Angie? Because all of us know if you've gone through any type of, of, it's basically like an organizational 360, right? And that first time you get the feedback, sometimes it hurts a little bit. If people are being honest and truthful and being very direct, which they should, how do I handle that? How should I view that as a leader? How should, no matter what function I'm in, how do I navigate through that type of experience and be prepared for it? What feedback would you have? Accept it, first of all. If your employees took the time to share this feedback with you, accept and listen. Do not discard it. Oh, they didn't mean that. That's not really something important. If they took the time to put that on the survey, it is important. So we really need to focus in on that. It may be a, you weren't aware. You didn't know that that was an issue. So accept and listen to what you're finding is the focus in on that. And it's tough sometimes to hear bad news. And we never want to have to hear bad news. But you turn it into an opportunity. So we hear this is something that's really important to our employees. They took the time to voice this was a concern. We know this is something that they need. This is something that they want. How do we then put action items in place to let our employees know we heard you and this is what we're going to do about it? And then if you can get them involved in those initiatives, that's even better. That's wonderful. And when you share the feedback, is this a email you kick out to the team? Do you recommend people record a video? And what feedback's appropriate? So how do I deliver the feedback to my team? You mentioned that was a critical component of this process to really accept up front that when you receive the information, your team needs to know. And so how do I deliver? And then what do I deliver? What do you think is most important for our team to be aware of in the report and in the analysis? So a great process, and it's really important that when you're setting goals, when you're delivering communication, you're keeping consistent with how you share communication with the rest of the messaging that you do with your company. But this one, you need to have a little bit more content and support behind it because this is really important. This is the employee saying, we spoke, did you hear me? So what my past practice has been is to get the feedback, to get these reports back, do it full deep dive. I go through and I read every single open-ended comment and try and tie that back to the content. Get the information together. Share it with your executives. Most executives are probably initially going to want an executive summary. So you can provide them with that executive summary. It's great if you could deliver it in person. And then as you go through that, if you need to take a deep dive into some of these questions or content areas, have your data to back it up because I guarantee you they're going to have questions and they're, they're going to want to know why that one answer was on that. And you're going to want to have content to be able to support that. Once you share the information with the executives, it's important that you get a game plan for how you're going to disseminate that information across the organization. One way might be to say, okay, as, a, as an executive team, we are going to either disperse who's going to be responsible maybe for sharing it at an employee meeting. Each maybe take a section. Or maybe your C-suite can get up and share the information. But I think it's important that, first of all, the executives of the organization are in front of the employees, whether it's in person, whether it's virtual, whatever your organization is accustomed to right now, and acknowledge, we heard you. This is what we heard, and this is the information, and we're going to do something about it. 
So once you take that on a corporate level and you share those findings on a corporate level with your employees, take it then to the department level. And from there, you possibly may have a departmental meeting and you can say as a department leader, this is what we heard our president or our CEO share with all of our employees. Let's dig a little deeper and let's talk about what impact that has on our department. And we know based on these findings and we know our boss, our our leader shared with us that based on the findings, these are the things that we're going to work on. What can we as a department do to support that direction? And involve your employees in that. Take it then one next level deeper. Involve your employee on their one-on-ones or in their performance reviews. What can you do to help support the direction of the department? So it goes down to the employee level and back up to the corporate level. And there's a variety of categories, right? There's best workplaces. There's best places to work. There's great workplaces. There's top workplaces. There's industry specifics. How do I choose or do I even have to choose? Do I just go out and apply for them all? Like, what do you recommend the process? Because it can be overwhelming with all the various brands and, and things that we're looking to have our employees go through. And I would assume that we don't want them to do five of these a year, but you know, you may tell us different. What do you think? Well, back early in the conversation, we were talking about defining your why. So if, if you're really focused on, if talent acquisition is something that's really important to your organization, and you're wanting to shout out to the world, this is a great place to work and we want to tell everybody about it. For example, a best places to work in and then fill in whatever state you're in would be a great way to do that. I can tell you that in my past corporate experience, I had several employees start on one day and they all said they found out about the opportunities at our organization because they went to online listings of the best places to work and then went to those companies to see what job opportunities they had. People do start there, believe it or not. So it really depends on what your goal is for getting this. If you're trying to earn some industry distinction, Best Companies, for example, has industry-specific awards, best non-for-profits to work for, best healthcare organizations to work for. So really, once you figure out why you're wanting to do it, then I can work with a client to talk about what the different options are. And some of them have different reporting features. Some of them have more of a, a local presence versus a national presence. So we can talk about what makes best sense for that company, and then we can figure out which one to do from there. So I know there's many people who look at the results and are trying to figure out what do I pay more attention to, you know, and naturally as humans, we always go to the negative, right? It's very hard to stay focused on, but you still scored this in these areas, especially if you're not awarded, you know, and being one of the finalists or one of the top workplaces. So when I'm getting the data for the first time and I'm sitting down, what should I focus on? Where do I turn first? How do I both manage the negatives and the opportunity for improvement, but also highlight the positives of why people do enjoy being with my workplace? Well, you need to accept all of the content that's in there. Like you said, it's hard to not only look at the positive content that's on there. So when you do get all of that data back, you really need to soak all of that in and take a look at what am I good at? And what areas do I need to make improvement on? But I have found from past experience, if you only focus on maybe just a few areas that you think you're really good at, or just only such a few goals, if you ignore some of those items, they're going to creep back up on the list the following year of areas of which you now need to start looking at. So 
it's important to look at it from a holistic picture. So which ones are listed as areas in which we have the greatest opportunity for improvement that we really need to focus on? But maybe we're noticing here, gosh, we're focusing, we're finding that our company possibly is having a lot of turnover. And people are telling us in, in exit interviews that they're leaving because we're not providing enough training. Let's go back and look at some. So you really kind of, it's a puzzle. We're taking a look at other data that we've got back, feedback from our, we talked about the people strategy. You're setting forth your people strategy and what all you're focusing on in your organization. This is another resource for that as far as what you should be working on. So you can look at all the data. You can't just look at one piece or two pieces of it. So Angie, I was sharing with you that last year in 2020, our organization participated in Inc. Magazine's Best Workplaces. We got the report just a couple of weeks after March 11th, March 13th, and didn't do a lot with it, to be frank. I actually, when you and I scheduled, I was like, hey, we did this. Where's the data? And apparently we were all made aware, but we were all in such a state of chaos for our customers that we really didn't debrief on this. And I know it was, you know, basically the report was, thank you for participating. You are not one of our workplaces, which immediately sends me like, well, what happened, right? Our scores were a 93.19 out of 100. Apparently, we ranked a 100% on that our senior leadership team values our people as our most important resource, 100%. They considered that top 3% in our category. It defined our best word that described our work environment as caring. It also showed that we only had two employees out of our team that are moderately engaged and the 13 who were highly engaged. And we didn't celebrate these things, right? There's a lot of positives. I was reading through the comments in preparation for this. I really couldn't find much negative, even in the comments. We just, we just weren't, you know, I don't know how many points people get in. They say that the highest scores, like 97%, we scored a what I say, 93.19. And I think it was a good learning in preparation. Like we didn't really just share all this data with our team. 15 people took it and they probably were like me, don't even remember the feedback and how we did. So is it ever too late to share no. the data that we learned? Is it ever too late to put this in front of the team and say, hey, here's what we need to celebrate and here are some things that we can work on? It's never too late. You're always as an organization working on continuous improvement. You're always as an organization looking at how can we get better. And here you've acknowledged, this is one way in which we could get better. We could have shared this information with our employees. And your score is one to celebrate. That is fantastic. And I think it's, you should never underestimate the fact that your employees did take the time to share this feedback with you. So then to not go back and share that feedback with them it's important to circle back at whenever you can get around to it. Obviously, the sooner, the better. But sharing back with them that this was the score we got. And you know what? Even though we didn't make the list, we're proud of that score. You don't know what your competition was. You right. do not know what the other organizations were that were going through this process. I mean, once the, the list came out, obviously, you can see it at that point. But celebrate that percentage. I think that that's fantastic. But then go back to the employees and say, if we could get one percentage better, what would that take? Well, what's something that we could do just to try and get even better? And the fact that your employees define you as caring, that just supports the fact that 
you're going to go and you're going to talk to them and they're going to care just as much to want to be able to share that feedback with you. It's tough when it's a smaller organization because some people get concerned about anonymity and confidentiality. And so there's ways you can go around that. You know, there's, there's pulse surveys and there's other ways to give employees an opportunity to share feedback. Some organizations, the employees are right there at front really wanting to share what their feedback was. But yeah, absolutely. Never too late. Go back, share those findings with them and involve them, empower them to help give you ideas on how to get better next time. Yeah. And I, I've noticed this, Angie, that one, there's always like a next level of data, right? So typically these organizations will provide next level data, usually for cost, right? You pay to upgrade to get the additional data. We've done that over the years and have gained so much insight from that. Yes. So I do have to encourage it just because why not get all the data you can collect. The report that, that we received, kind of the basic report, also shared one point, one thing that the report shows that if we do, will help us incrementally get better. And it was invite employees to skip level meetings. It said being in the same room, same room as the higher ups, help employees feel involved and create an overwhelming sense of transparency. Again, this data came out in April 2020. I believe we submitted the data mid 2019, like that was the survey. You know, we before, the reason why I point this out, we had a very remote team. We've had, I've had a very remote team for 10, 12 years. You know, and my guess is that that's where that's showing up. Like, how do we help our employees out in, in their home offices? We have two employees in New York, right? And right in Manhattan that they're not in every conversation that happens in our physical space. So the learning there I'd like to bring to our audience is this is probably very similar to many of our workplaces today. And what I've learned is it takes extra work to ensure you're including and not excluding, right? It takes extra work to add those three additional people onto the calendar invite just to make sure they feel prepared, ready, aligned, communicated. I had an employee today, Angie, the day we're recording episode 150, you know, say to me, it'd be great if everyone knew that. And what that meant was, hey, next week in our Monday meeting, let's write it on the agenda and ensure that everyone hears that because her and I were discussing it. And, you know, she was like, Mike, that'd be great if we brought this up in our Monday meeting. Those little additional levels of transparency, being as open as you can, you know, we know that you can't in all circumstances, but clearly one of the things that our team wants is to kind of have a further and deeper understanding of our strategy and why we're doing what we're doing. So, don't underestimate the power of the recommendations. Also celebrate, Angie, what you mentioned was celebrate the success and then pick one or two things to focus on because right. you can't take all 17 reds or all 27 yellows and be effective at all, right? Sure. You know, we've got to pick kind of what, where do we think we need to focus? And as you said, you can involve your team in asking that question. Where do you think we should focus to make incremental change for our culture and employees? And like we were saying too, when you, when you have those 17 items, which ones are tying back to your corporate initiatives right now? Do any of those kind of help support and guide to that? That's really helpful in prioritizing what it is that you're going to be working on. And often 
those reports back, they'll do a lot of that for you. They'll help you say that these are our recommendations of the things that you should be working on. Obviously, didn't see the specific report that you got back, but I've seen many of them that will say, this is the score for your company. And then maybe this is the score for this specific demographic. Often it's a department that was cross the data that was cross cut, but they'll often provide that. This is one thing your group is doing really, really well. And this is one thing that your group can work on. Don't just focus on the work on. Spend just as much time acknowledging what you're doing really, really well, because that will help encourage people. They recognize that we did this. And so if we work on this area, that's going to be recognized as well. I mean, just you recognize that employee for sharing that idea. Imagine how that made that person feel. Yeah, that piece of, you know, if you don't celebrate the great things, then often people will look and say, well, I guess that really doesn't matter because it's not being brought up, right? right? And it's so easy to overlook it because a human's natural tendency is to look at what needs to be improved. So we really, Angie and I can't click, you know, share this enough that, as you're going through this experience, celebrate the wins, the victories, the learnings is something that all of us leaders should view feedback as a gift. And often we don't. Often it, it puts us, we dig our heels in, we get surprised by something that comes up. And, you know, we have to learn how to work through that, that this isn't an attack. Be grateful that your employees participated because they care and they're seeing that you care and they want to continue to help amplify your organization's mission, your why, and what you're trying to achieve in this world. Yeah, some of these surveys, if you do not complete a minimum participation rate, you're immediately disqualified. And so there's like these little mini successes as you go through this process. So they may say, in order to be eligible, X percentage of your employees need to participate, need to respond. And if you don't meet that, you're done at that point. You won't get any data back at all because you won't be proceeding forward with that. So I would celebrate that. Hey, guys, we got the percentage. We're, we're off to the races. So, you know, you're, we're going to be able to get some data back and be able to move forward. So those little successes that you talked about, those, those are really important. Angie, as we um, wrap up today's conversation, are there a couple of things you want to leave our listeners with that level of encouragement, something that we should think about, contemplate? put into ideas? The thing that's so important that we kept talking about was the why. And then when you're picking one survey to do over the other, if you know that this is something that you want to go on, you want to go on this journey, you want to go on this process, and you don't know which route to go or how to get involved, invest in the preparation time. It will pay off in dividends later on. Invest in the time to make sure which one you want to do when is it a right time for your company? If you decide this is something that you're going to do, but you don't have the resources, you can't commit to the communication back to your employees. Maybe it's time to take a pause and say, okay, what do we need to gather on our end to get ready to do this? Because if you want to do it, you obviously want to do it right. And you, you want to keep that credibility with your employees that you're going to do something with that. So that's really important is to make sure that you're ready for the process. And then when you do align it with your corporate goals and go all in, because we've seen a lot of companies reap some amazing rewards of going through this process well beyond the trophy. I've seen referral programs pick up because employees were so proud of what happened at their company. They want to refer other people to come work there. So take it in for all its worth and put forth all the effort. Yeah, I, I love that idea of making sure we're ready 
because it is a commitment, right? It's going to take time. It's going to take priorities. Is it a big rock? You know, I do know some amazing organizations that make this a priority every year and they celebrate as a team every year, right? That this is something they do together. It builds camaraderie. It builds trust. In some cases, there's one particular client we work with that it's the one time all of their employees come together. Is there the, you know, they, the best places to work celebration that they all come together and I'll get custom shirts and it's a real yeah. rally thing, right? It, those are fun uh, events. I've been to several of those and those are definitely a good time. And then it's fun at the, some of them are going virtual. So it's tough with, with those award evenings, but you want to celebrate with the people that, you know, companies that, you know, you become friends with these other companies and you've seen them grow and develop and they've moved up in the rankings and you're cheering them on as they're going through this too. So it's, it's a great way to celebrate your community too. Angie, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for sharing such great insight. I encourage all of our listeners to check out strivehr.net. We'll be providing this in the show notes as well. Connect with Angie on, on LinkedIn and we'll provide all of that in the show notes. And we look forward to our next conversation with each and every one of you. If there are questions here that you wanna go a little deeper, feel free to send those over to us so we can direct that to Angie and ensure that you get the right resources to help your company put the right strategy in place to honor your success and also identify ways that you can strengthen your team and strengthen the health of your organization. Angie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. And we look forward to the next conversation with each and every one of you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Zippel Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.